Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good morning and welcome to the Rain Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in gorgeous, but a little rainy Seattle. Please tell me you just didn't almost forget where we were. Oh, no, I okay. didn't, actually. Phew. Not at all, no. <laughs> I was just actually thinking, how can I say this positively? I know. Because it's so rainy outside. Well, that and we've had a real rough week already. <laughs> Have we really? Well, the Super Bowl loss. Oh, yeah. Everyone still, you can still, it's really weighted <laughs> on people's shoulders. I don't it's, mean to laugh, but, you know, so I'm heavy. not, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, I don't go to sporting events. That's I don't fine. watch it on TV. So I get I I don't have that crushed feeling, oh my gosh, the Seahawks didn't win. Um, but you know what I have been feeling? Just fantastic sportsmanship of the Seattle people. Um, you know, because how fortunate are we to actually go to the Super Bowl two years in a row? Right. Win last year, which is amazing. And I'm sure we will win next year. I hope so, too. We are I, still I think we will. number one. Yep. And uh, we are going to be set well on our way to yes. have more in front of us. We have positive affirmations going our way. Uh, we have a new assistant working with us today. Yes, Everything's we do. All good. Justine in the, in the office helping yeah. us, which is wonderful. And, you, you know, I'll, I'll be more uh, mindful of how sad people might <laughs> yeah, be right. as I drive on the city streets or go into coffee shops. And I'll just sprinkle, you know, some fairy Aww. dust to help everyone get over this, you know, tragic love. Sprinkle some 12 love. Yeah, some 12 love. Oh my God, that's so adorable. Well, as you know, um, one of my greatest joys here on the show, besides answering callers' questions, is to interview people who I believe are standing on the leading edge of thought. And today is one of those days. I get to interview Jennifer Weigel. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Jennifer. She is... um, Jennifer has been a broadcast journalist in Chicago since 1995, starting in radio And then moving into television, she hosted a food and wine show for NBC called Taste for two years and won an Emmy Award for her on-camera reporting with CBS. She's been a writer and a video contributor for Chicago Tribune since 2010. She's written three books, Stay Tuned, I'm Spiritual Damn It, the one I have right before me that I've been reading and laughing about for a few days now, and This Isn't the Life I Ordered. She, um, her own one-woman show, I'm Spiritual Damn It, had three successful runs on the Chicago stage. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me, and I admire what you do. So oh, thank you. For thank getting, you. you know, keeping the positive mojo in flow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's really, I hope you don't mind me just jumping into it, but that's one of the reasons why you left um, kind of your big stage media careers, because it, there was a lot of negativity. It was. I mean, it was everything's wrong in the world, back to you. <laughs> you know, and as a reporter, I felt like there are a lot of stories to tell, and they don't have to be every fire or hit and run. And even at the fires and the hit and runs, there was a way that you could structure the story where you gave people hope versus just making them afraid to leave the house. Um, you know, I remember very vividly having an incident where I was sent to cover a fire, and I wanted to lead with those who survived the fire. And um, the producer argued with me that that wasn't the lead. That was, you know, for later, the lead was who died. And I said, no, I'll still get in all the facts. But to me, the lead is who lived. And that's your opinion. And I'm a reporter on the scene. And this is my opinion. And it was just this huge argument. And I thought, this is too hard. I'm exhausted. <laughs> so it was a constant challenge. And so, yeah, it was very risky for me to um, leave that job. But I did. And, and thankfully, I jumped. And, you know, the net followed in a very... 
um, very interesting uh, route. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, your book is hysterical, funny, <laughs> um, swearing in all the appropriate places, I think. <laughs> um, no, really, I, I really, really like your book. And of course, I've studied spirituality most of my life. So it, I think it's unusual for me to find something where I can feel relaxed and delighted and still spiritually evoked um, as I'm also, you know, remembering my humanness and that that's a big part of our spirituality is, you know, to be here present in our everyday life and to be reminded of that and be humor, have the humor, you know, light us up at the same time. You did an excellent job of that. I'm sure in all of your books. Well, um, thanks. Yeah. People do tell me that I write like I talk and that it feels like I'm just sitting next to them on an airplane having a conversation and, <laughs> and that they usually kind of finish it in one to two sittings, which is such a flattering compliment. I mean, I just Aww. love it when people call me that. But I, I do feel that we all have our own sort of dose of spirituality or questing or whatever you want to call it. I think there are a lot of us out there, and I know based on the feedback that I get from readers that there are a lot of combo platters, as I like to call it, um, out there. And we're raised a certain way to have a certain belief system, but not really told why. And as I talk about in the, in the book, I was raised Christian-based, but it sort of depended who my dad was married to at the time. So we started <laughs> off Lutheran, and then we went Episcopalian for nine years, and then we were back to Congregational, where we just went, you know, for Easter and Christmas. And I was never really explained other religions. I had a lot of Jewish friends growing up, but, you know, I didn't know about Buddha. I didn't know about, you know, Allah. I didn't know any of these things. And so... Right. I believe that as a parent, it's our job to sort of do the research and find out the history behind so many great thought leaders that are out there. And I was always questing as a kid, and I was always confused by, you know, the people that were really crabby Monday through Saturday, but then they'd sit in the front row at church on Sunday and act like they owned the universe. And I, that was just so, there were so many oxymorons that were happening, and I just thought, that's not right. Like, God can see you Monday through Saturday if you believe in a God. Do you really think that saying you're sorry for it on Sunday makes it all okay? Right. And, you know, that entitlement really bothered me as a kid. It bothers me as an adult. And so I feel like we're all human. We make these mistakes. And when I heard that Mother Teresa kept a, a diary about her doubts, that just made me feel so much better because even someone as spiritual as Mother Teresa... Right doubted her past at, at times, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. As um, as a nurse, I was an RN for um, a while. Yeah. And I've spoken to a few physicians who had done work with Mother Teresa, you know, around the world. And mm-hmm. and I heard her described many times, and hopefully nobody will take this, uh, you know, as blasphemy, um, but kind of mean as a snake is how they described her, you wow. know. That wow. she really, you know, was, had challenges and went wasn't really happy for a lot of the things that she was doing mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure also had her her blessed high vibrational moments. But I heard it described a few times like that. So we all have our humanness, right, right. as we walk our spiritual path here. Um, yep. And, and I, I did find it interesting how you had um, comments about Catholicism and religion um, throughout the book in humorous ways, by the way. In fact, at, at the top of each chapter, you have a little like a, a copy of a reader board that would be outside of a church. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where there's these churches fighting with Hysterical. each other. Hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on the first chapter, you know, you have a reader board from um, All Saints Catholic Church and then um, from the First Presbyterian Church. And they are in this argument about do dogs go to heaven? Right. You know, hysterical, just hysterical. And one of the church does believe that that happens, and one of the church doesn't think so. <laughs> right. With the energy we spend fighting yes. over what we think the fine print of that holy book is just 
boggles my mind because if you go historically, you know, it wasn't chiseled onto templates until decades after Jesus died. Decades. <laughs> and that's a fact, right? I know right. some people that truly believe it dropped out of the sky in its written form, and that's great. But if you go into reality and come back from your little days, <laughs> the truth is that it was told and told and told, stories were told, and then they were chiseled down onto rock, and then they were saved into papyrus. And I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable how anything managed to last over that 80 to 100 years, depending on which historian you believe. And (laughs) so when I think of my family and how they mess up a story in 20 minutes with a game of telephone, I shudder to think how things might have been altered based on the translator. Right, right. I mean, the word sin back in Jesus' time literally translates to miss the mark. Wow. Miss the mark. Not burn in hell. (laughs) Miss the mark. So, you know, I think that that alone, but, you know, that then can give people this sort of free reign, like, well, I just killed my neighbor. I missed the mark. You know, we still have to treat people the way we'd like to be treated. Right. So that's my Bible. Treat others the way you'd like to be treated. The end. And at the end of the day, you're judged, I believe, for how you make people feel, not for how much money you have in the bank or how many titles you have under your name. Right. Uh, amazing. So one of the things our, our audience may not know about you is that um, you've encountered mediums, clairvoyants, psychics, a whole bunch of woo-woo people, um, <laughs> which is how I, I have kindly described myself h- historically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, it started as this path after your father passed away. That's right. My dad was 56 when he passed away from a brain tumor. And after that, I just found myself seeking answers. And I had encountered for my job with CBS, actually, James Van Prague had a best-selling book, Heaven, uh, Talking to Heaven was his first, um, that that came across my desk when I was a reporter, and I thought, well, this is an interesting book, and I took it home, and at the time, my dad was still alive, but my father-in-law had just passed, and so it was one of these things where, I, ah, this is interesting, and oh, his theories are interesting, and for those who aren't familiar with James Van Prague, he says that since the age of eight, he's been able to see and hear spirits, and um, that show, The Ghost Whisperer, starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, is actually based on his life. But, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt's just way cuter. So <laughs> it's a great... Uh, I mean, yeah. And also there's a movie about James Van Prague, which I found fascinating about his childhood and his adult years as he recognized, you know... Um, That's that he was, right. Yeah. With, uh, was that with, the, with Ted Danson on yes. Lifetime, I believe? Amazing, amazing yeah. movie. That's yeah, so great. And he's so fascinating. And I, and I adore James. And I had met him and... You know, this was back in 1998 when nobody could Google anybody. Google didn't exist. And so for him to pull out the name of my dead father-in-law right there, you know, and it was just so shocking. And and, and my ex-husband, um, Clay, was just like, oh, my gosh, what? You know, and he, he was heavily skeptical. I call myself a skeptic that needed to be proven, you know, sure. otherwise, because sure. as a reporter, we need our sources to be someone we can call, not something you just bark at at the ceiling, you know. So basically, um, James sort of opened my eyes to this possibility that just maybe there could be something going on more than what we can see and touch. But then my father passed away, and I, and I find myself reaching out. I actually thought as a reporter, and that's my first book, Stay Tuned, is based on, it was my duty to go out and interview these people that claim they have these gifts, and then out them, right. kind yeah, of. That's like, hysterical, you know, so, Jennifer. Because basically, you know, grief is a very expensive business. And when you're in grief, <laughs> you'll do anything to believe oh, that, goodness, you know, your I dead dad is talking to you from the other side. Yeah. And, you know, I, so I went out and I interviewed 
every guru, medium, psychic, and healer, I mean, from Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra to, and Don Miguel Ruiz right. to, the, you know, Lilydale, which is a town where only mediums right. and psychics have lived since the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went on this quest and gathered all this information, and I actually thought I was going to just do articles for Vanity Fair or something. I mean, I didn't know where they would wind up, but I didn't think book. I kind of thought, like, research, article, help people who are navigating through grief. And then it just evolved into a book, and it was and it was so interesting. And so then once I sort of, quote, came out with all that information, then people started sharing with me their stories, and that's when I'm spiritual, damn it, took off. And, I mean, it's just, and now the, then the third book, this is The Life I Ordered, seems to be a lot of people who have had near-death experiences coming into my path, like people wow. who died and lived to talk about it. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so it's oh, interesting so how the conversations continue. So when you were talking to James Van Prague and he outed your father-in-law's name, were you on television at the time, or were you, was this a pre-conversation before an interview? Yeah, no, no. I was. He was coming to my home to do oh. an interview for CBS about his book, wow. and that just came out. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that must have been shocking, you know, when when, yeah. when it's something that you're just beginning to investigate, right? And it's, it hasn't been, let's say, in a big way on your radar. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that's huge to have something no, like that really happen. Huge. And it was huge too because. At the time, you know, I made a copy of it, a VHS copy. That's how dated this is. (laughs) And I took it to my mother-in-law at the time, who is a hardcore Catholic and believed that I had a suite in hell waiting for me just for having a conversation with James Van Right, right. And so when I handed her the VHS tape of the conversation of James, not only saying this man's name, but very specific things about that he put into order before he passed away that I didn't even know, uh, she had a very strong reaction to it, like just went into her room and shut the door. And then the next time I came there, she had James's books on her nightstand. So it obviously cracked open something for her as well, that this belief that maybe, just maybe, you know, we only use 5% of our brain on a good day. So (laughs) what's the other 95% doing? I, I don't know. But I think we should need to keep asking those questions because so many things happened that made me scratch my head as a journalist. Right. So I always tell people, I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm just telling you what happened to me, and then you can form your own opinion. <laughs> well, I obviously, you know, we're at a point in our evolutionary process where it's really important that that we find comfort and confidence and this ability to connect and communicate with our loved ones because mm-hmm. energy doesn't die. Right. And we always exist, maybe in different dimensional spaces, but our our spirit of our soul from whatever lifetime we experienced still exists mm-hmm. in, in huge capacity. And people on the other side really do care about us and love us and do their very best to help us. And we're going to talk about all of those lovely things that you've written about in your book, um, which I've enjoyed very much reading. We're also having the pleasure today of we are actually being aired live on the sunvalleywellness.org website. So thank you, Sun Valley Wellness um, Festival. And you're going to be there. Um, I am. Yeah. yeah. This is May 22nd through the 25th in Sun Valley, Idaho, one of my favorite places. Um, and so you're going to be one of the speakers there on the 23rd in the afternoon. Are you excited? This is your first time heading to Sun Valley to talk? It is, yes. And I'm super, super excited. I'm actually going in early March as well to, um, to speak in an auditorium. I'm not quite sure what the details are. They're being ironed out as we speak, but as a sort of like a 
precursor, like an appetizer, just to sort of familiarize myself with Sun Valley. I have a dear friend who lives there and says the spiritual community is, oh, is wonderful. Amazing. And she's yeah. been passing my books around to everybody who, with a pulse. And so she's <laughs> like, Jen, you've got to come out here. There's a bunch of people that oh, want to talk to you. And so it's so sweet. So well, I'm going to do that first, and then, and then I can't wait for the Wellness Festival. Oh, I have been such a fan and looking, like, from the outside in for years and years. I know you've spoken there. Yes, it's just yes. a great community of people on the wellness path. It really is. And I just, I know that you will be embraced with open arms and compassion and you're going to love it there. The people are amazing and very evolved, you know, very evolved. Um, It's going to be a fabulous festival. We'll talk about it on and off during our time here. Um, One of the 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 main keynote speaker is Elizabeth Gilbert, um, who wrote, of course, Eat, Pray, Love. And she's so, she's the the keynote speaker there on Friday night. Um, we're going to take a break here on the Marie Menya Cherry Show. I'm having the pleasure and joy of interviewing Jennifer Weigel. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? You are. Absolutely. Yay! She has written three books. I'm Spiritual Dammit is the one I'm holding, How to Keep Your Feet on the Ground and Your Head in the Stars. We'll be right back. Manifesting dreams into reality is meant to be exciting and easy. When the tools you use stop working, a lack of self-worth is most likely holding you back. Marie's Affirm Your Worth cards are the perfect solution to increase self-appreciation while magnetizing your dreams into reality in a nurturing and fun way. Order your Affirm Your Worth cards today online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-485-8813. That's 425-485-8813. I'm Deborah Howard, president of the Companion Animal Protection Society, a national nonprofit dedicated exclusively to protecting companion animals from cruelty in pet shops and puppy mills. I'm inviting you to give a homeless animal a second chance at life. Please adopt, don't shop. Many pet shop and internet puppies and kittens come from puppy and kitten mills, inhumane commercial breeding facilities that mass produce animals for resale. Millions of animals die in shelters each year. Please save a life by adopting a shelter or rescue animal today. Visit caps-web.org for more information. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome Reverend Drew Vogt, who explains how working in other dimensions heal and help us in this one. On Saturday, Rebecca Norrington returns with her powerful formula for achieving and maintaining that most elusive virtue, happiness. Then Sharita Starr is back to share her intuitive gifts with you, and she loves to take calls, so keep your phone where you can find it. Bringing you fascinating talks since 2007, we are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Would you like to be a Reiki master? Join Marie at the Redmond Hyatt, March 27th through the 29th. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to people at all levels of energy medicine healing knowledge. Completing the course will certify you as a Reiki 1, 2, and 3 practitioner. This is truly a transformative weekend. Enrollment is limited, therefore registration is required. For more information about the Reiki Master Workshop at the Redmond Hyatt in Redmond, Washington, visit energyintuitive.com. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now... 
We're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Body, mind, and spirit. Alternative Talk 1150 covers it all. It's me. Girl, it seems to me that you will always be very close to me. Welcome back to the Marine Menu Cherry Show. I'm interviewing Jennifer Weigel. She will be at the Sun Valley Wellness Festival in Sun Valley, Idaho. I highly recommend you to make a trip there. Um, the festival is during the holiday in May. It is, um, I think, the 22nd through the 25th. I'm just getting back on my phone here. Yes. And you can go to sunvalleywellness.org. And right now you can listen to us live actually on their website. Of course, you can listen to us in the Seattle area at 1150 a.m. Um, you can listen to us online at energyintuitive.com at my um, website. And Benny, how else can we listen to this wonderful programming? 1150kknw.com. Oh, or I love visit that. us on Facebook too. We're there. Yeah, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. You know, Boop-boop. we're all over the place, right? It's very, very fun. <laughs> so, Jennifer, when I was reading your book, and this was, you know, when you were um, one of the things you talk about right up front, which I think is hysterical and wonderful and amazing, and what a gift for you, is that people from all walks of life who've had woo-woo experiences just naturally are magnetized to you. And they may be living an ordinary life, you know, right. from the outside world, but inside they're having crazy experiences that they don't share with anyone, but they meet you and within like 30 seconds, they have spilled the beans on these phenomenal moments in their life. And I mean, you're just like this innocent bystander, but I think energetically on on a subconscious level, they know a, they can trust you B that you're going to believe it three. You need to hear it. And, and, and it's a gift for them because they, they get to be with this person who's well-educated and has had, you know, what we could call normal careers in life and, and well-recognized careers in life. And, and yet they just confess it all to you so quickly. I mean, how is that for you? Well, it's funny because I, I feel like, and, and in the book I talk about from, uh, you know, a firefighter who hears little whispers in his ear, like turn left, turn right, you know, which he talks about the angels in his ear, which have saved his life. And he sees, you know, one of his, his dead colleagues wandering around the firehouse. And he's just telling me this after, like I, like you said, after 30 seconds of saying, hey, how you doing? Hey, is that your son? Okay, so let me tell you something. You know, it's like, whoa. And I feel um, blessed that they will share these things and that they feel comfortable to share these things with me. I also think that um, one thing I've learned over the years in doing this work and working on myself and trying to get centered and quiet and, you know, ask for sort of guidance in the next steps or whatever you want to call it, is that I seem to evoke in people something that they haven't yet healed. Yeah, wow. So, like, in my relationships with my family members, like, or I'll give an example. I was, I was at the fund, a fundraiser, and I was sitting next to this woman, and for some reason I started talking about some of my dearest, closest friends from my theater days um, in college, and, and, and this one couple, and I went to their wedding, and it was two men, and it was a wonderful wedding, and it was full of love, and la, 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 and I didn't know why I was telling this person next to me about the wedding of my two guy friends. Afterwards, I, find, I come to find out that person is, was extremely homophobic and actually had a shift in perspective based on my story. They, they shared that with one of their friends. And so why the heck was I talking about this wedding to a person who's homophobic? Oh, I was trying to help them heal that part yes. of them that wasn't yet healed. 
<laughs> yes. So you have this ability to channel information that's very poignant at the time. That's very actually advanced. Like you, you don't know that this person has this wound inside of them about something, and yet you're able to channel the perfect message and the perfect tone that evokes healing on multiple levels. It's it's really quite an extraordinary gift. Thank you. No, I had no, I have no idea, but I started looking over the pattern of my relationships with my friends and and significant others and all these other things and 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 strangers too. And so that I feel then these people sharing with me their gifts, like the one who is the president of the company who sees colors and auras around people, and it's helped him become okay. Very that story was hysterical. So you know, you're in, you're in Chicago. You're yes. actually on Michigan Avenue, one of my favorite places. By the way, I love Chicago. Love it. Yes. And you. you're welcome. And you're about to cross the street. And I'm, I know I'm I'm paraphrasing your story, but I loved it so much. And you you kind of recognize this guy, but you know you are a celebrity, so you know people from all kinds of walks of life. And you're staring at him, trying to remember who he is before you meet because he's staring at you. Right. And it's some cute guy from high school. Totally. Guy I had a huge crush on, and it's like, oh my god, he's talking to me. You know. <laughs> the next thing you know, we're having lunch, and he's having several cocktails at lunch and it's like to numb his gift as he starts sharing with me his ability to see colors around people and it's helped him throughout his career from you know people who to trust people who to hire and it's like he has this sixth sense um and and, you know a lot of people talk about oh you have an aura you have an energy you know, you go with your gut, you go with your intuition, whatever it might be. But he literally would see, like, yellow around someone or purple around someone. Brown means go away. You know, black means run. Don't walk to the nearest exit. <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, really specific colors for specific people. And, and I just found that so fascinating because he was, like, you know, the jock popular dude in high school that you would never think had an intuitive bone in his body, not to judge, but, you know, it didn't right. seem like a guy who would be reading about auras and energy. Right, which <laughs> so. is also how I felt when I was reading the book and you were talking about the firefighter. You know, I'm imagining these gorgeous hot men, totally buff, you know, in, the, in their Chicago fire station, you know, not talking about woo-woo stuff, even though they deal with death all the time. All the you time, know? yes, exactly. I mean, firefighters have to be incredibly fit, Unlike the police officers you might see on the streets, um, the, the firefighters are, you know, incredibly fit. And, yes, this was a house full of and, – and the, the gentleman that I um, encountered was an older gentleman, like, uh, you know, close to retirement, but still uh, just – you could just tell had the weight of the world on his wow. shoulders with the fact that he could – see, you know, his buddy who had died in a fire and that he had these little whispers in his ear and he didn't know what to do with them. And I, just for me to be able to say to him that, oh, to validate it and to say, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, my son has been able to see my dad who passed away before he was born since he was wow. able to talk to me. And mm-hmm. I write about that in the book as well. And, and even today, my son is eight years old and he says he sees my dad at school sometimes and it, he only tells me about it because it's not the sort of thing you want to raise your hand in class and be like, <laughs> Grandpa's he here. My dead grandpa's <laughs> next to you right now. And he says, hey, good job, buddy. You know, <laughs> yeah. And he, he identified your father. You know, you heard him on a baby monitor when he was very young mm-hmm. speaking in his crib or having this chatter and you go in to check on him because he should, should be sleeping and you notice he's looking up at the ceiling and you go, um, who are you talking to? Because by then you've had enough experiences where you know that, you know, it's really okay for us to have multisensory experiences. In fact, it's normal. Right. And he talks about a man and identifies him in a photo and says, oh, that's the guy. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's your grandfather. 
Right, exactly. That, that's totally it. He was talking and laughing and pointing to the sky and said, this guy, give me fire trucks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's great. Okay, go to bed, kiddo. And then, you know, a short time later, a few days later, maybe, he was running in the basement and he stopped in his tracks and saw a picture of my dad, his grandpa, that he had not noticed before. And he stopped and he pointed and he said, there's the guy. Aww. And it was like, and I said, what guy? And he said, oh, give me a fire truck. He's so nice. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, the waterworks just came flowing. And I thought, well, that was a nice little wink. And, you know, that's one thing that James Van Prague really opened my eyes to is that, you know, our loved ones from the other side, you know, you can scratch your head and say, oh, that's a coincidence. But they're really trying to let us know either through a favorite song or their favorite animal in nature showing up or a light flickering or, you know, that they, they are with us. Somebody mentioning their name out of nowhere might be a sign or a wink. And so when I, I started kind of getting an awareness of all of this, I it just became so much more entertaining to go through the day. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I think that's yeah. one of the things that as we evolve, as we have multisensory experiences, allow ourselves to, you know, whether we see color or hear voices or recognize a relative, that it makes life so much more interesting and fun. And it also helps us not to focus on the things that on the earth plane that we think are such a big deal because they actually are not. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so I'd love to go take a caller. We have a caller who's dealing with an issue that I think you've dealt with in the past, you know, leaving this great high-powered career and going, what the heck, you know, what am I supposed to do with my life? Because I don't want to deliver negativity anymore, which what happens when we expand our consciousness, we can feel vibration in our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. And so we can tell when, like how your friend can see the darkness in someone and he's like, yikes, I'm not going to partner up with that person because it's not going to be a good business deal for me. Mm -hmm. In fact, you say he runs. And so as we evolve, we can tell when we're in a place that's supportive energetically for us where we can expand and grow and have positive results and we can tell when the energy is low and that it's not going to be in our it's not even good for our health right and so you made a a very courageous choice I think um to leave that career and to create a career of your own that allows you to vibrate your particles in bliss pretty amazing but but it was not easy and I also (laughs) learned a lot about myself throughout that choice because it's super scary you know and 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 Carolyn Mace, who wrote the book Sacred Contracts, you know, talking about if you're not doing what you're meant to do, then something's wrong in your body and you'll feel sick. And she said after she wrote that book, actually, a lot of people said, well, I always wanted to be a TV star, so I better quit my job over at the, you know, the mill and go be a reality TV star. And it it kind of gave uh, a clearinghouse for all the narcissists to come out of the woodwork (laughs) and say, me, me, me. And she's like, that's not what I mean. It's like if something's a calling, you're so good in the garden and anything you touch grows like a weed or, you know, it's it's not to fill an ego place. It's to fill a calling. It's to feel joy, you know. And so we have Valerie who's, um, she's kind of in that space about her career. So I I was thinking that you could offer some advice. I'm happy to as well. And so um, who do we have on the phone lines? It'll be Valerie from Portland. Great. Hi, Valerie. Hi. So what's your, are you stuck, hon? What are you doing now? Um, well, so I'm uh, staying at home a couple days a week. I, uh, for the last 13, 14 years, I've been working in uh, marketing and really working on leaping, you know, through my career, trying to get up that ladder. And then um, really decided that it was time for me to leave. I've, I've started doing some woo-woo work and started writing uh, a book. But um, it's been three weeks now, and um, I don't really have a lot of clarity on where I'm going. I was very clear on leaving, on my decision to leave. It was um, very intuitive, very guided, and it felt I felt really confident. But 
now being at home and having just a little bit of freelance work and not really knowing what my clear next step is, um, I'm just trying to get a little nervous. So I think like some guidance would be helpful. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I definitely know that boat. And, um, I think one of the things that comes into play after you make a leap like that is trusting that the next steps will show up and, and it's, it's this total surrender, so it's not giving up. Now, this is the part where you have to plant a lot of seeds in a garden, and then you mulch it, and then you water it, and then you step back and watch it grow. So yeah. every day I, I say, and this, this came from a friend of mine, Lisa Dietland, who wrote a book about doing three things a day to sort of forward your momentum in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So every day make sure you do three things, whether it's an email, a call, go to an, a, a seminar, go to a talk. You know, you never know who you're going to meet at that event that you hear about or whatever it might be. So you do some networking or some planting of your seeds, you tend to your garden, and then you have to balance it with the surrender and the listening that you will be guided accordingly. Because there's one thing with staying at home, and sometimes we just think, well, the phone better ring because, you know, the universe has my resume. They know what I want to do. Right. But that balance between activity and surrender. So do three things that mo- that move the dial forward, right, in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. And then sit back and listen and float with the tide versus fighting against the current where you make no headway. Um, mm-hmm. my, my chant when I wake up and I do my yoga or whatever is show me the next steps for my highest good and the highest good of all involved. No matter how mm-hmm. it looks, help me trust it. So. Mm-hmm. That kind of surrender paired with a little activity. Because there can be, you could do 15 things in a day, and then you feel like your knuckles are bloody, you've knocked on every door, you're exhausted, and then guess what? Your container is depleted, you're angry, your energy source is low, and you're like bitter, party of one, your table's ready, right? Right. <laughs> so you have to kind of balance it. So don't do 100 things and then get pissed you don't hear her. Yeah. Do a few things. Then go take care of your container and listen for the radar to come to you. Okay. Oh, does that help at all? That's fantastic yeah. advice. Okay. Well, it does. It, no, it's great advice. I've been, I've been trying to work with uh, just through inspired action, so waiting till you know, something feels really good. And, and most of it has been in educating myself. So instead of, like, me going out into the world and trying to get work, I've mostly been drawn to, like, uh, learning about how to master my financial situation or and, and, and educating myself, but I feel like that's still that's still something that's internal. It's still not getting me out there in the world. But you world. could do both. So you could spend the afternoon doing some stuff like that, and then maybe at one point, like, go to the Apple Store and take a class on video editing or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can still educate yourself, but by being out in the world, that's where you open yourself up to the possibility of a conversation starting and then, oh, well, I have a friend who needs a thing who goes to the blah, who, you know, it's like we all want to sit and hope that the car is going to pull into our driveway, but sometimes we have to go out into traffic to see who's going to be next to us on the road a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Lovely. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely gorgeous, Valerie. And thank you for your courageousness. And Jennifer, that was great advice. Wonderful. Keep us posted, Valerie, okay? Thank you. I will. Okay. So I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Jennifer Weigel. She will be at the Sun Valley Wellness Festival. You can go to sunvalleywellness.org and find out their entire schedule from May 22nd, I think it is. I'm so sorry. 22nd through the 25th. And there's mm-hmm. tons of um, speakers that will be uh, there. Eben Alexander is returning as well. Um, nice. He was the keynote a few years back. We're going to take a break here on the Remanu Cherry Show. We'll be right back.
Would you like to be a Reiki master? Join Marie at the Redmond Hyatt, September 25th through the 27th of 2015. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to people at all levels of energy medicine healing knowledge. Completing the course will certify you as a Reiki 1, 2, and 3 practitioner. This is truly a transformative weekend. Enrollment is limited, therefore registration is required. For more information about the Reiki Master Workshop at the Redmond Hyatt in Redmond, Washington, visit energyintuitive.com. Hi, my name's Travis, and I'm your host of the Create the Life You Want show, airing Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we will explore our collective experiences and dive deep into all aspects of our being. Every show will provide topics, insight, guidance, and techniques designed to empower your life. I'll be taking calls, answering questions, and using my psychic insight to provide you with opportunities to access your own unique abilities to create abundance in your life right now. It's all about you on the Create the Life You Want show. Join me Saturdays at 1 on Alternative Talk 1150. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. You could become Marie's friend on Facebook or even follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's website. There's tons of new features like Chakra of the Month, a live Twitter feed, and three PDFs with extensive exercises for your chakras. You can also sign up for Marie's free quarterly newsletter and also get your questions answered in her Dear Marie column. Simply email Marie your question and she will answer it in an upcoming edition. Marie also will be speaking and signing books. Find out if she'll be in your area on her events page at energyintuitive.com. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. We live in a world that's become predictable. Our realities are filled with distractions, hopelessness, and confusion. We've begun to lose touch of what we're truly capable of. It's time for us to regain our true potential. Join psychic medium and crystal child, Lindsay Paul, as she connects to the other side and brings back messages from beyond, along with her psychic and skeptic, Abraham DeWeese and indigo child, Sarah Ellis. They'll help you soar to new heights by answering your questions. Don't miss Wisdom Within Radio, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Feed your mind and your body and spirit will follow. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are in the studio in Seattle interviewing Jennifer Weigel, who is in Chicago, one of my favorite places. And she will be at the Sun Valley Wellness Festival from May 22nd through the 25th. There's tons of speakers, tons of wonderful things to do. I wish I could be there this year, but I will be at my daughter's wedding, um, the first one in the family um, of the kids to get married. And so um, I will have my heart and many, many blessings um, being sent to the festival, and I will be there next year so hopefully you'll be there again jennifer oh, so that i, I can so. meet you in person <laughs> yeah that would be fabulous <laughs> um and we also have um heather on the line from the wellness festival so why don't we let her come through and have a chat with us hello heather hi hi jennifer hi hey, heather. oh my gosh i was like hi heather's on the phone hey. <laughs> i know that email address yay <laughs> so how are the preparations going for your huge festival that's coming up 
It is going great. We are featuring so many wonderful speakers this year, and Jennifer, as you guys know, is one of them, and we're just really proud of the lineup we've been able to develop this year. Yeah, you should be. I've looked at it, and it's amazing. Yeah. I, I can't, so talk to me, Heather. Roll some of them off, because I can't believe that I'm going to be at the same festival as some of these people. <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's some winners. We've got... Even Alexander, as you guys talked about before, mm-hmm. um, actually somebody that we haven't quite um, put on our website yet, but has just confirmed, which is Agape. Um, wow. uh, yeah, and Elizabeth Gilbert, of course, is our keynote, our headline keynote speaker. We have Panache Desai also doing a keynote address and also with some funky music and dance for us as well. <laughs> and then Mark Nepo, who was so thrilled to have as well. Oh my but gosh, Mark, few... I saw him at a conference in New York. I can't wait to see him again. Wonderful. We're pretty ex- yeah, we're super excited. It's just a an A plus lineup. So we're we're thrilled and thrilled to have you be part of it, Jen. Thanks. I'm so honored to be able to um, you know, just kinda tell some stories and lift the energy and, and you know, be where I'm supposed to be in every moment, as they say. Aww. Well we're we're excited. I want to um, tell everybody the title of your of your presentation because I think it's it's so great. It's I'm spiritual, damn it, climbing the mountain of enlightenment with your pumps in one hand and a martini in the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is talent, right? Yeah, Climb right. the mountain, hold those pumps, and don't spill the martini. You're in good shape. <laughs> right. And it's clever. And I know that we have so many women out there that feel like, you know, they have they're pushed into either being the role of a businesswoman or a mother and a parent and, you know, or spiritual. You can't be all of those things. Um, right. But you yes. can. We have a lot of different hats that we're wearing and a lot of balls that we're juggling. And so I just kind of pull the curtain back on what works and what doesn't and my foibles and, um, you know, fumbles. <laughs> because yeah. I think you have to learn from others who are really honest about their struggles. I mean, if anybody walks into a room and acts like they've got it all together, I just want to go, ooh, what, right. what's behind curtain number one? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And it's it's refreshing. I think there'll be a lot of people there that um, will really enjoy your presentation, and we're looking forward to having you. Aww. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, get into the sunshine and get into Sun Valley. It's going to be an awesome weekend. It will. It is. And, and Marie, we yeah. can't wait to have you back next oh, year. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Heather, for all the work that you do and to everyone, you know, on the boards and on all the committees. I know they're working very hard right now, and I just appreciate all your efforts to thank help to expand so consciousness on the planet in such a beautiful part of the world. So thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll see everyone in Sun Valley. All right. Sounds thanks, Heather. perfect. Okay. Be well, Heather. Blessings to you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so one of the things, and thank you again, Heather, and we're going to go back to our conversation with Jennifer, um, because we're lucky we get to have you before the festival, which is fabulous. Um, One of the things I I enjoyed about reading your book was some of the experiences you've had with your dad since he's passed. And this is something that everybody wants, even if they're scared to death about communication, dead people, spirits, what goes bump in the night, all of that stuff. People really do want confirmation help, um, love from their loved ones. And people on the other side are actually present and available pretty much 
all the time or most of the time, and, and definitely when we're having stress. And one of the things that you believe is you believe that everybody is intuitive. Well, I think, yes, we're all born with a form of intuition. It's just a matter of how much we develop it. But it's just like playing the piano. Anyone can take a finger and strike a key. But some people just do chopsticks and some people play Mozart. So, <laughs> you know, when we wake up in the day, we have a choice to make. Are we going to listen to our heart or are we going to get in our head? And, um, you know, they, they, the saying mother's intuition, you know, is, is a strong one, too. But, I mean, we... We get these little hits all the time, but then our head gets in the way and interrupts it, and our logical mind will turn off the intuition. So um, I try to encourage people to just baby steps on that one, you know, from like which way to go to work today, yeah. what's the best route, sit in your car, get centered, breathe into your heart, right. and get a nudge and go that way and just see how it goes. <laughs> the more you do it, the more you start to trust it. Oh, oh, wonderful. And your dad and his love and devotion for you, um, he helped you. You were about to to do your first performance in your one-woman show, which congratulations. I wish I have seen it. I hope you do it again. Cause okay, I... well, you're the seventh person to really? say that, so I feel like that's an anvil over the head. You know, usually like two times is a shove, three times is like a whack over the, the <laughs> yeah, noggin, right? and now it's just Seven. hardcore. I need to bring the show back, and I yeah. love it so much. So thank you for that reminder. But yes, I... Um, I was having writer's block because basically I'm Spiritual Dammit was taking 40 pages from Stay Tuned, my first book, and putting it on the stage. And it was the stories that seemed to resonate the most with, with my readers. And But I was really struggling. I mean, I couldn't for the life of me. And everything was going wrong from the stage manager shifting gears to the, the venue not working out to I mean, lights. And I mean, it was, just, it was a cacophony of craziness. And I just thought, this isn't supposed to happen. Forget it. And I had been praying to my dad and crying to my dad and you know he'd been passed away for a while but I was just like really terrified and so one night before bed I was balking and you know one of the things I'm, James Van Prague said is that you know talk to your dead loved ones like they're in the next room they can hear you it's just like they're on a different radio station it's just a different frequency so I was talking to you know the sky and saying all right look if you can give me any guidance that would be great I'm going to go to sleep now I'm terrified and I had <laughs> I had a very vivid dream and I was, like, walking in this field, and it was like a Merchant Ivory movie, you know, very... And then I could smell the sea. It was like a seaside bar, and I could hear the music, and it was very jovial and festive. And the thing with my father is, is he loved a good blues bar. He loved a good hole-in-the-wall joint, you know, and, and I didn't really bond with my dad until I was old enough to meet him in bars. <laughs> so, that says a lot right that, there. There you yeah. go, right? So I became 21 and we got really tight. And then, um, so I, there's this bar and I'm walking towards this bar and there's one seat available at the bar, right? And I go and I sit down and the bartender comes up and it's like all these familiar people, but I don't know them. But and it's like it's in the 70s kind of. And he hands me this phone straight out of the 70s with the rotary dial and, you know, the big, and he, and he says, hey, this is for you. And I'm like, huh? Like, who knew I was here? <laughs> so I pick up the phone, and it's clear as day. It was my dad's voice. But he sounded like, you know, he was like in a long-distance call, like overseas. And he was like, hey, kiddo, it's your dad. And I was like, huh? You know, just grasping the phone, like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, everything's going to be fine. You're worrying too much. And it was just like everything that I needed to hear, he was translating to me in that little phone call, quick phone call. And then he says at the end, I would have called you sooner, but do you know how hard it is to make a call from here? (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just, and I sat up, I could still smell the sea and the bar and, you know, all the noise. And 
it was just like, wow. So I, I felt like, okay, it's going to be okay. And really, we get so caught up in our daily grind of what if this doesn't work out or that doesn't work out. And you know what? We fall, we get back up, we go forward. It's going to be okay. And it was really um, a much-needed message when, when I was really struggling. And your opening weekend was sold out. So, I mean, your dad yes, exactly. really knew what he was talking about. He he really knew. It's so true. And, yeah. I mean, here I was afraid nobody would show up. Right. Was, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, and you and you pointed out something really important that people on the other side really do work hard to send us messages. You know, and it's funny how, obviously, you know, you've been convinced enough that now you're like, okay, I, I, that is real, right? Um, but a lot of times people will be sitting around thinking about Aunt Harriet and missing her, mm-hmm. and Aunt Harriet. All of a sudden, somebody opens up a photo album that they didn't realize was out on the coffee table, and there's a picture of her, and everyone goes, "Oh my God, that must be a sign from Aunt Harriet!" And everybody's all excited and they're grateful, and then. A couple hours later, they go, oh, well, that was probably just a coincidence. Or, right. And poor Aunt Harriet on the other side is, like, deflated. You know, she right. worked really hard to get that photo album on the coffee table. You know, it could have right. taken that her was weeks. A serious, like, anvil over the head moment. Yes. <laughs> and we just discount them. And that's really interesting you bring up that word coincidence. Dr. Mary Neal, who wrote the best-selling book, To Heaven and Back, orthopedic surgeon. She was dead in a kayaking accident for 30 minutes without oxygen. She's a woman of science. She couldn't make this stuff up, she said, if she tried. I interviewed her for my third book, and she told me that all those that's weird moments. So she was in the light with Jesus, the whole thing, and she was told to come back to tell her story to anyone who listened, and now she goes around to hospitals, because as a surgeon, she talks to the community that is mostly shutting the door to any of this talk, right? right? And she said to me, anytime you have this moment of, that's weird, it's not a coincidence. It's something bigger. It's God. It's the universe. It's whatever. And when you start taking note of it, writing it down in a journal, literally the act of physically acknowledging it like that, encourages the other side to do it more. Because wow. like you say, we're listening. We're tuned in. Wow. They're like up there going, hey, the door's open at Weigel's house. Move, move, move. <laughs> you know. So that is what it is. It's that acknowledgement. And so I have started, you know, the day I met Dr. Mary Neal changed my life because she's a doctor, a woman of science, who's going around the country talking about her near-death experience and how there's something bigger going on and that there's no way she should be breathing. She's a living miracle. Wow. Because... She had no oxygen for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I know. It's, yeah. That's insane. You know, that, yeah. that that doesn't happen. Your brain doesn't come back intact, certainly not to be able to lecture and write books and all the exactly. other things that she's doing in the world. Right. And, and, you know, this is another one of those synchronicities. Um, I printed off some stuff from your website, and that is something I circled was this story that you just relayed. So I, I was going to bring it up, and I just thought it was lovely synergy um, that you brought it up and explained it in your beautiful, grateful words. Well, you know, she said to me, I asked her, why do bad things happen to good people? Because I work in the news business and there's a bad thing happening. You know, I work now at the Chicago Tribune. I get to write inspiring stories, but it doesn't mean the headline alerts don't come through on my phone about the fire or the dead kids or the kidnapping or whatever it is. And Dr. Neal said to me, look, there are no bad things. There's, There's good, there's bad. It just is. I was in the light where you're, quote, dead. You know, if you think of, you know, the historical figure or or Jesus where he was tortured and murdered and, you know, basically betrayed and everything that we would consider to be, quote, bad, but thousands of years later people are celebrating his name in love. So even when it's bad, it teaches growth and goodness and evolution, and you evolve as a spiritual being and a human being having a spiritual experience or a spiritual being having a human experience. So it's really interesting to think of it that way, 
that she says there is no bad. It just is. Because even when you're stuck in traffic, you might be being held back so that you don't get into the accident up the road. You yeah, don't know. Absolutely. And that was such a beautiful way to describe it, you know, not to see, you know, Christ necessarily as a martyr, but as um, a, a teacher for us about love and compassion and right. and all of that. How gorgeous. What a positive upswing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Know, she totally changed my life. I'll never aww. forget it. It was uh, April 13th, 2012, <laughs> when I met her. And from that day on, she says, I wake up every day and I say, in God we trust. I think the penny. And I go, okay, show me where I'm going today. You know what message I have to tell. Who's who's going to listen to it today? Is it the guy at the bus stop or is it on the Katie Couric show? Like, she doesn't <laughs> know. She just wakes up and goes where she's guided. And that's what I do now, too. I wake up and I say, okay, you know my resume. Where do you want me today? Telling wow. my story. I'm well, a storyteller and the venue changes. So tell me where I'm going today to tell my stories, and I'm going to trust that you're putting me where I'm supposed to be. And sometimes we put a value on it has to be a full house, or it has to be an auditorium, or it has to be, you know, what. but maybe sometimes it is, like literally, just with your postal worker who comes and gives you the mail, or with that, you know, security guard that works the front desk. Like, you just don't know. Well, you know, and one of the beautiful things that people will find when they read your book is all those moments that you've had with just... People walking off the street telling you crazy stories that are motivational, inspiring, and heartfelt, and that they, you know, traveled a while to come meet you in obscure places sometimes to be able to share something that, you know, allowed you to recognize that you're on your path. You're doing all the right things. And these people come out of the woodwork to remind you of that. And I want to thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy morning. And I'm talking to us um, from Chicago today about one of your books, I'm Spiritual Damn It, and for talking about your talk that's coming up at the Sun Valley Wellness Festival. You'll be there on Saturday. Well, you'll be there for, uh, and you're coming, you're going there in March too. So you definitely want to check out the Sun Valley um, Wellness Festival dot org. Find out all about the speakers. Get your tickets so you can get a nice hotel room in their gorgeous lodge. Yeah. And, oh, my and, gosh. Thank you for reminding me. I get on that. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to take care of you, by the way. It's a, it's a very generous festival. So, um, And we hope that everyone's enjoyed listening to the show, Jennifer. I'd love to have you again. Oh, it would be my pleasure. Just let me know. It was such a joy to chat with you, and thank you for doing what you do and all that you do and giving back and spreading good messages. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful time at the festival in Sun Valley. Again, sunvalleywellness.org. Um, I think you will love the facility. I know I do. Safe travels to you, Jennifer, and all thank the speakers you. and all the participants and um, all the people who are in Sun Valley right now working really hard. We wish you great safety, great luck, and expansion. Joyful blessings. Bye-bye.